It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the headline from yesterday, of course, was that the Fed raised interest rates yet again. But we got to get beyond the headline of that and look at some of the other numbers. What are they? Where are they? What do they mean? And what does it mean for the rest of us? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, when we really want to understand what's underneath the headline numbers, so we always turn to Jeff Cox, the economics editor for CNBC.com. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. Oh, happy to be here. You spared me a couple minutes from having to go out and uh, blow leaves off my lawn. So, yeah, this is great. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I had uh, snow on my lawn this morning, several oh, inches worth. Oh, <laughs> no. That's, wow. That Blowing is better than better, shoveling. Actually. That's, that's tough. <laughs> uh, well, hey, as you look at the state wow. of the, uh, things after uh, the, the rate uh, hike yesterday, uh, give us just a lay of the land. Where are we? Well, actually, we're in a little bit of a state of confusion, I, I would say. Um, you know, the Fed obviously did what everybody knew they were going to do with the uh, three-quarter point rate hike, but we were looking kind of under the hood to see, uh, you know, what else there was going to be, if there were going to be any indications of a sort of step down in the pace of rate hikes. And it looked from the statement that we were going to get that. You know, there was some language in there that said that the Fed was going to be taking in a variety of considerations into uh, into consideration when it was, uh, you know, when, when in, in, you know, future policy moves and that, um, you know, that it would, it would, you know, it was kind of contingent on a bunch of different things that they had never laid out before. So the markets liked that. And we saw an immediate rally Half an hour later, Chairman Jay Powell comes out and gives his news conference and seems to be reading from a little bit different of a hymnal than the rest of the Federal Open Market Committee was. And um, the market goes the other way. And now you kind of get up this morning and the market doesn't know, is the Fed going to do 50 basis points next month? Are they going to do 75 basis points? Where's the terminal rate going to be? Um, a lot of just just a lot of confusion out there. And I mean, for a Fed that prides itself on communication, um, kind of seemed to fall pretty well short of that this week. Yeah, that, uh, Jeff, that's exactly what I was thinking. It was I, I was thinking this was going to be the clarity moment uh, for the markets mm-hmm. for everybody, uh, and it was much more of a confusing moment than a than a clarifying moment. Uh, what are some of the other numbers that you're looking at that are kind of adding to that uh, fuel of confusion? Well, we got a few more data points today, and um, they, they, they told somewhat of a familiar story. Um, we saw that um, productivity uh, kind of just still creeping up. It was only up about three-tenths of a percentage point um, in, in the, uh, the third quarter. That wasn't um, up to what, the, what, the, what Wall Street was looking for. Um, we saw unit labor costs actually. This is you know, a little bit of a good piece of good news that rose only three point three point five percent 
for the quarter, which was below the Dow Jones estimate, and you know maybe some indication that uh, those those wage pressures were easing up a little bit. And then another uh, data point out of the jobless claims that um, that that you know we kind of still treading water there, so no indication of a big spike in layoffs or anything like that. You know, one of the interesting things out of this productivity report today is that um, on, on a four quarter basis productivity is down 1.4%. And this is the first time that we've seen three consecutive uh, four-quarter declines in that reading since 1982. That's going mm. back 40 years. So um, not a uh, not a good sign for the state of, uh, of, of production out there in, in the economy. And of course, low-level production means that you're driving up production costs, and, um, and, and that just adds to the inflation problem. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, and I think that's such, a, such an interesting one in terms of that productivity. Uh, is there anything that they're pinning that uh, that continued drop in productivity to? Is that still supply chain and coming out of the pandemic, or what else are we seeing out there? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk, and I guess one of the things is is that um, with some of the uh, changing dynamics that have happened in the uh, kind of pandemic era workplace that it's more difficult to um to measure productivity than it used to be you know people working from home and and that kind of thing and you know st- we're, we're still down a considerable amount in terms of what the total labor force is and um and it, it's made data collection in general more difficult and um you know so you know whether this is a completely accurate reading of the state of productivity in the economy is is hard to say, mm-hmm. but I think it's probably safe to say that this is sort of the general direction that we're in. We're kind of in this economic malaise right now, and um, it, it's certainly not the nicest environment to be tightening monetary policy into. Yeah, uh, tell us just a little bit about uh, the trade deficit that widened uh, a little bit in September. What is what is where is that, and what does that mean for us? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those sort of data points that um, it, it, it sort of moves around in a range. But it's become more important recently because we had this uh, surprise upside reading on third quarter GDP, broke that negative streak that we had earlier this year, GDP up 2.6%. But the main reason for for that was a, a, a big kind of jump up in um, exports, which um, exports add to GDP imports subtract from GDP, and uh, this is an inordinately a high number. Um, again, due to some kind of one-off factors, and if you actually subtracted out exports from the GDP report, that print would have been slightly negative mm. this, this for for the third quarter. So that's something you, you've got to sort of just keep an eye on. Um, it, uh, it it moved up the, the the trade deficit moved up fairly substantially from uh, from the month before. So that could tinker with with the GDP numbers when they, you know, of course, that for that reading that we got was just the first one. There'll be two more revisions to that yet. So you want to watch that. You also just want to watch it, at, you know, when you start talking about that sustainability factor mm-hmm. for the economy. You know, one of the other things that Jay Powell said in his news conference yesterday towards the end was he really expressed 
some not very optimistic comments about the potential for keeping the economy out of recession. It almost seemed like he was sort of resigned to it. He said that the path to a, uh, to a soft landing has narrowed. He thinks nothing is possible, but his body language and just kind of his tone didn't really uh, didn't really speak to a lot of confidence in that. Yeah, and then just real quickly, uh, look to the uh, to the employment numbers, uh, layoffs. Uh, where are we there? Um, so we're going to see a jobs report tomorrow for um, October. The estimate right now is for something like 205,000 jobs, which in a normal economic climate, that would be pretty good. Um, in this climate, it's going to probably rep- it's going to represent the lowest um, level of job gains. I think you'd have to go back into the uh, into the middle part of uh, 2021. I think it may even be a little bit further back than that. So, um, it, it you know the hiring is definitely slowing. If you go to CNBC.com, you'll see the headlines. Um, on the homepage there now are not good news about uh, jobs. Amazon um, is, is pausing hiring, and we also see that uh, Lyft is cutting, the, the, the ride-hailing service Lyft, cutting 13% of its workforce, and Stripe cutting 14% of its workforce. So um, those kind of headlines are things that we're really going to have to look out for terms of figuring out where the economy goes from here yeah anything else you're watching especially once we get past tuesday and the elections uh, obviously there's going to be some uh spending things that are going to have to be done by congress uh, during the lame duck we've also got the of course the holiday shopping season and a lot of economic activity anything you're watching in particular rolling into that phase well, kind of all of those things, you know, the linchpin for all of this is, is consumer activity. So you're going to be watching all of those numbers. You're going to be looking at the retail sales numbers. Um, you, you, you're going to be watching, um, you know, just kind of the, some of the credit card numbers. We have uh, Black Friday coming up in a couple of weeks. So that would be, that'll be an interesting bellwether to see where, where the consumers can, you know, that, that's the thing that's kept the economy afloat so far with so much money floating around that consumers have stayed strong and they've propped things up. Um, if we start to see holes there, um, it, it becomes a, a much different story for the economy. Uh, Jeff Cox, our ultimate inside source. Nobody better of making sense of the dollars and, set, and cents. Uh, this Jeff, uh, economics editor for CNBC.com. Jeff, we really appreciate you, and uh, thanks for jumping on today. Always great talking to you guys. All right. Again, that's uh, Jeff Cox, the economics editor for CNBC.com. And I just love the way... Jeff breaks it down. Uh, he gets it to some very practical, tactical things, some very simple numbers uh, and what they actually mean. Uh, and that's the important thing uh, because, again, you can look at the top-level numbers. You can look at the headlines of a lot of these things and uh, wring your hands a lot. Uh, but if you understand what it is and what it means to you, then you can start looking at what do I do about it, what's likely to happen in my career or my business. And then we can also look and see what government, local, state, and federal uh, are going to do and how that impacts all of that. All right, we'll step aside. Quick commercial break. When we come back, Israel held their elections earlier this week. We'll talk about the results, the implications when we come back. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.